Welcome to Feeling Asian, a podcast where two Asians talk about their feelings. I'm Young Me Mayor. And I'm Brian Park. And I want to do the Patreon really quick today because we have such a great cast, um, <laughs> like always. Like yeah. always. So just a quick rundown for our listeners. If you like our podcast, please consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash feelingasian. And any donation amount gets you a shout out on the podcast where Young Me and I guess who you are based on your name alone and Young Me's psychic abilities. Don't forget, Brian. <laughs> no, no, of <laughs> course. That, that's the most important information. Okay, so our first shout out for this episode goes to Hannah Seabright. Hannah Seabright. Wow, that sounds like a like a main character name, <laughs> but like a main character. I was about to say like, that. A children's a, Like a novel. Marvel movie. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh I, I was seeing like a kid's book where like she finds like a dolphin in her in her backyard or something. Hannah Seabright. Yeah, she's probably a very happy person. That's a that's a positive vibes. Happy person name. <laughs> yeah, I think there's like um, I, I'm seeing red hair. I'm seeing like I think she's like a white person. A ginger that loves feeling Asian podcast. Yeah. Ginger. It was. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Don't people say like what? gingers are like the POC of white people because they're so discriminated against or something? They get an inordinate amount of hate uh, within the white community. <laughs> Not from us. Not from us. Hannah, we Ginger love you. Rice. It has nothing, nothing to do with the fact that you give us money every month. No. <laughs> um, Hannah, thank you for your donation. Our second shout out goes to Anna Kaiser. Anna Kaiser? Is this Kaiser. another white person? I, I This feels for me biracial vibes. I'm getting mean girl vibes, but the <gasps> type of mean girl that I want to have sex with because the meaner they are to me, the more attracted I am to them. Wow. Again, yeah. we're learning way more about Brian than the actual Patreon <laughs> subscribers. <laughs> no, I'm going to get... Okay, so wow. Anna, Anna Kaiser is probably like a stylist slash creative consultant. You know, one of those amorphous, mean, cool girl jobs. <laughs> I'm getting very rich vibes. I'm getting biracial vibes. Rich I, New Yorker. I think this is all consistent you know, yeah. rich, biracial, New Yorker, creative consultant, mean. Mean to Brian. Mean yeah. to Brian. <laughs> mean to Brian at clandestino in the Chinatown. <laughs> wow, yes. clandestino. Wow. That's the vibe we're getting. Well, Anna Kaiser, you have Thanks been redeemed. Thank you for the money. <laughs> um, our last shout out goes to Christine Chang. I'm getting like opposite of Anna Kaiser vibes. I feel like this is a very sweet person, like a genuine. I'm not that Anna isn't genuine, like a generous, like sweet, like someone you could talk to, you know, warm vibes. <laughs> I, I'm getting also mean girl vibes. <gasps> okay. Yeah. Okay. I think I think Christine Chang is an actor. Yeah. Oh. I'm I'm getting actor vibes. She's only mean in the context of her professional work. So she's the meanest one in the waiting room to audition. Wow. That's why yeah. I've never been on one audition in my life. I mean, I'm not, you know, I mean, I want like I would do acting, but I feel like the audi it's because of Christine. <laughs> I'm too scared of her. <laughs> yeah. Because I always like, but, uh, I always like freak myself out. Like I'm going to get there. And it's going to be like all these like pretty people and they're going to be mean to me. But I think she's very nice in her personal life, but mm. only very mean in the acting world. So she'll it's crush like her an face. Yeah. So she crushes auditions on the reg, but then as she's yeah. leaving the waiting room and all of the other aspiring actors are waiting in there, she'll say something like, Good luck in there. Like something like straight out of a movie. Good luck. Good luck. Yeah. Good luck in there. That was me acting. <laughs> 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 that was me doing Christine. Yeah. You know what? I think Spot you're right. On. All right. Well, Christine, thank you for your donation. Let us know if we are in the ballpark 
I feel like Young Me and I are pretty good at this. We get a lot of DMs from our shoutouts telling us that we're on point. Um, but in any case, thank you for your donations. And once again, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash feeling Asian. And Young Me, do you want to do us the honor of introducing our wonderful guest yeah. this week? <laughs> um, yeah. So if like what you can't see is that I'm sitting here with our guest in my kitchen and I have a lot of pets and the pets know our guest this week because not only is she a very well-known model, but she is my very close personal friend. And we're just like sitting here surrounded by like the furriest animals on earth. And like the cat is like attacking her. Um, so yeah, like I said, she's a very well-known model. Um, she also is my ex-husband's girlfriend. <laughs> wow. Way to, way um, to bury the lead on that. <laughs> <laughs> and also a, a close personal friend, Sarah Hiromi. Hello. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to be awkward. And then the first thing that comes out is like a squeak. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very excited. I'm also nervous because yeah, I've never, I mentioned this or I've never done a podcast. I was like, yeah, I love to talk. I'm going to be great at this. It'll be so much just like nice banter. And then I was like, Oh, wait, I'm shaking. It's going to be okay. <laughs> honestly, you know, honestly, I'm like so bad at performing. I mean, I know I do stand up, but like, I was like, when we started doing the podcast, I was like, oh, oh it's fine. Cause I'm going to be in my living room and yeah. I'm, no, no one's going to be there. But I still felt like that in the beginning. Like when we started, I was like, hello. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'm used to like the internet of Instagram where you just like put out like a reel where you're like, oh yeah, I'm being so natural, but it's obviously all like fake and planned. And then yeah. you get to the real oh, life yeah. and it's like, oh my goodness. Like, whew, I did a panel not that long ago and I was like the same thing. I like, I did like this big workup. I like took over their Instagram for a day. I was like, yeah, I'm going to be on this panel and you can talk to me. And then like the panel happened and it was like me and six other people. I probably talked the least, even though I was the only one who did like an Instagram takeover. I was like so quiet and so nervous the whole time. I was like, oh my God, these are just like random people I went to college with. Why am I so terrified? <laughs> no, it's so weird. It's weird how your body, I don't know, acts in a way to something like mental you know what I mean? Like, cause your body goes into this like animal mode and it's like, yeah. no, no one's eat, trying to eat me. I'm just talking into a mic. Yeah. Like I get like, I'm <laughs> literally kind of shaky. I'm just like, why am I shaking? I'm like, yeah, I'm in young me's living room and there's a cat in my lap. This should be like a very soothing experience. But <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's going to be great. It's already amazing and very real. And I feel like this is what we're about. Great. So Brian, how are, how yes. are you feeling, Brian? I am feeling frustrated. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. No, um, I've just been kind of frustrated with work. Uh -huh. Not this podcast, but my work work. And it's oh sort God. of spilling over into other facets of my life. I don't want to get into too much detail about it because I still want a job. And maybe, maybe my boss <laughs> listens to this. I don't know. He has alluded yeah. to it. Um, yeah. So I'm in a place right now where I can speak more largely on this. And that is I randomly looked into like woodworking classes. Uh -huh. <laughs> so that's kind of where I am at mentally. <laughs> you know, and something's going on with Brian when he starts looking into classes. Whenever... <laughs> Every few months, he's like, I, I'm, I'm, maybe I'm going to become a dot, dot, dot. Okay, so, so you looked no. into woodworking classes. And I think, so what I've identified, so I was trying to figure out, like, why is it that I'm so frustrated? Like, yes, obviously, work is frustrating, but everyone experiences frustrations with work. And for me, I think it's because I don't have a constructive hobby that I do purely just for pleasure. Because mm. in my free time, I'm always doing this podcast. Like, yeah, I work mm -hmm. out and play tennis, but um, my work is similar to this podcast in that it it's all on the internet. It's all internet work. And yeah. there is there is no finished final product where you can kind of just walk away from it. Like this podcast, 
it's infinite. You know, we we put out an yeah. episode, which is the final product, but we're constantly always trying to iterate and improve it and make adjustments. Like it's, yeah. it, you know what I mean? Like over uh-huh. time, we've gotten so much better at doing it, but it's not finite, you know, because obviously mm-hmm. if we continue to do this years from now, it's only going to get better. And mm-hmm. my work is similar in that way where I'm just glued. I'm tethered to a screen all day and mm. like there's always like, okay, we may we release this. Oh, it sucks. Like let's make it better. And <laughs> what? I don't I'm, think what's the, it's I'm not like, Oh, we released it. It sucks. No, 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 no. I meant, I no, no. I meant with my work. Sorry. Oh, in that I example, I wasn't like, talking about, <laughs> no, I wasn't I talking about this like podcast. Every week. <laughs> No. We release the episode. You're like, okay, we released it. It sucks. Let's try harder. No. <laughs> okay, I no, know no, I get no. it. So, um, <laughs> I'm really missing physical activity. Mm, that's why I think mm-hmm. I looked into, like, I want to just do something with my hands. That's like, what's the antithesis of screen time work? And then, yeah. what's something that? Because I'm missing that. I don't have that in my life where I have a singular focus and then once it's done, it's done. I can fucking walk away from it and that's it. And well, if you ever want to learn some beating, I could maybe (laughs) offer you a class or two. (laughs) Cause I have to say, I've actually felt really similar to that where I was like, I just like, I can't my creative, like I I don't feel right about always making money on my creative passions and like I need something else. Mm -hmm. And so during, especially during quarantine, I got like super, I've always been like a, oh, I need like a side thing to keep my hands busy. Like before when I was in school, I'd make paper cranes all the time. Right. And then before Uh, that I would like crochet these circle things. And then I got really into beading mm. during, and beading as in with like little tiny things. Other people like, are you saying beading? Are you beating it? And I'm like, oh no. (laughs) But like beads. And I've gotten like, (laughs) are you looking for a beading? It's like that's something else with your hands, but not not what I mean. Um, But I've gotten like really into that. And then like literally every single day, I do this. And then sometimes I'm like, this is maybe bad because then it's like, I will neglect people and just be like, I'm busy. I have to go work on this craft project that I have, but it's also a nice release that is absolutely nothing to do with my work because my work is also mostly, well, I have multiple jobs, but one of them that is my actual everyday job is on a computer. Right. And it is really nice to just. I have to also say away. when I see like your finished product, cause you have like, you make necklaces and jewelry, right? Yeah. So it's like, it does, I, I know what like you mean, Brian, and I know what you mean, Sarah, like it's nice to like finish something and then you look at it and it's like, I don't know, a wooden mug or whatever yeah, Brian makes. Like thing. You're like, okay, I don't, I, I really didn't have a plan for this. I just wanted to make, get something done and be done with it. Just like have it. Right, right. Yeah. So I, that's kind of where I'm at right now. And like it's good that I can kind of identify what are certain frustrations that are going on in my life and what I can do to remedy that. But yeah, I would like something like that because doing this work, young me, it's like in a way, almost everything in our life can attribute to it because we're creating Mm -hmm. this like tertiary tertiary persona, you know, for Mm -hmm. like public consumption. And um, I, I, I want something that's like, very to just for me and it's something that I can just make something it has to involve like physical labor or something with my hands and then yeah once it's done I can walk away from it obviously like I think it's human nature to want to improve especially if you found something that you like but yeah um, with that it's more like oh I made let's say if it's ceramics like I made this cup oh I'm gonna start a new one it's like you're starting all over again Whereas with the work mm. that I do in this podcast, you're not starting from ground zero, you know, like we release a product, but then you're mm-hmm. trying, you know, do you know what I'm saying? I, yeah. I don't know. I think I'm just missing a constructive hobby. That's purely just for me. And, uh, mm. I'm, I'm, I'm like so cagey and like frustrated. Cause I don't think I have that release right now in my life. Yeah. I was, uh, that's, I'm really glad that you, that you thought of that because I feel like that, would be a great solution. Like it's, it seems really smart of you to realize that, you know, like, oh, I need something that like, I can create something and it can end and, you know, and I can like look at it and like have like a solid uh, outcome, you know? Right. 
I mean, yeah. it wasn't just it wasn't just for me. I mean, it came because I've been talking to this like career consultant and she just asked me oh. a really innocuous. She like <laughs> she asked me this really innocuous question where she was like, "What do you do for fun? Like that isn't related to work whatsoever." And I sat in my room just spiraled because I realized like mm, oh I just don't. I'm like, "What do I do for fun that yeah. isn't related to work?" I wow. don't have anything. It's like capitalism got Brian by the throat. <laughs> Be productive every second, Brian. A hundred thousand percent. <laughs> um, but yeah, how are you feeling, young me? Um, so wait, I just wanted to say something about what you just said, though, because I was listening yeah. to Law Culturistas, like the Bo and Yang, Matt. And Matt Rogers. Matt Rogers uh, podcast, the latest episode. And they had a guest um, who said that, what what was it? Like even having a, a, like a task that you're telling your brain that it's for relaxation before Mm -hmm. you do it, like makes your brain absorb it in that way. Like if you're going to be like, Uh, okay, for 20 minutes, I'm going to like watch this television show and this is for self care you know, something like that, which is really interesting. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot on that, like almost faking it till you make it kind of thing. I was like talking to some other friends and they were like, yeah, I've been in a bad mood, but honestly, like when I'm mad, I just fake smile and Mm. then it like triggers something in your brain and it makes you like not as angry or upset. It doesn't necessarily make you happy, but it also is like, (laughs) it like puts you in a place where you can like at least function somehow. You know what I mean? It like, your brain is like, oh, yeah. I'm smiling. Something good must be happening. I, and I'm just picturing <laughs> Brian like really angry and just like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy. <laughs> smiling. I'm going to you know employ now. that now. I'm going to start doing that. If I get a text from my mom that says, Brian, call me now. I'm going to be like, I'm going to call her back. This is going to be relaxing. This is self care. (laughs) (laughs) This is going to be great. (laughs) Um, Okay. So how am I feeling? So I wanted to say, wait, what was I? I wanted to say, you know, (laughs) Oh, this is really interesting. Um, So I, actually did someone else's podcast, my friend Jen Welch, and she has Uh ADHD and her podcast is called Lady HD. It's about like women who live with ADHD Mm -hmm. and I have Uh like ADHD and it was crazy because like after we talked, we were just talking about these things that we do and I'm like, that's crazy. I do that too. Whatever. Sorry to use the word crazy. I don't mean it that way, but like, um, (laughs) and then we, and then she showed me like a picture of her bedroom and I was like, we have the same bedroom where we have like these exposed shelves and everything that we own is on the shelves. And she's like, Oh, that's like an ADHD thing. Like, because you need to see everything or else you'll forget it. And I'm like, and I was like, let me tell you something. Like, do you see this like yellow toaster, Sarah? Mm -hmm. I have a yellow toaster. I literally, Mm -hmm. I'm going to, can't be like camera, but like, I literally forgot that I bought colorful toaster. Cause Wait, I put what? it inside. <laughs> you can't see it. Duster. I bought like one, like months ago, I had this idea that I was going to buy like a bright I remember toaster. you were like, before it's like a microwave. <laughs> <laughs> you also have two microwaves somewhere. Like, <laughs> like, and I was like, like eight months ago, I had this thought that I'm going to buy like a brightly colored toaster. I bought it. I put it in the cabinet, I closed the door. And then three months later, I was like, I want a really brightly colored <laughs> toaster. So I bought another one. You bought another one? <laughs> yeah. Literally same exact one. And and I, like, I totally just forgot because it's in the cabinet. I literally never open these cabinets. I don't know what's in there. But the crazy thing about that podcast is like Jen, the reason I know Jen is because she was my first ever improv teacher like three and a half years ago when I first started wanting to do comedy. Like I mm. had this epiphany, like all my life I wanted to do comedy, but I was like, oh, I can't do it because like I don't deserve to be happy. Like there was like internalized belief that I had. Mm-hmm. And then one day in therapy that my therapist was like, no. Yeah. And then you took a class. You took a uh, class. class. <laughs> I took a impro- <laughs> You took a class. Self-care. And then, um, and then I remember, and Jen was my first teacher. And she was like, oh, it's crazy because I remember how like you were so quiet and like obviously people who listen to this podcast or know me now, they're like, what? (laughs) Like you're so loud and like confident. But literally until like three and a half years ago, I I was super quiet, 
you know, I had like this like big epiphany in therapy. And then I was like, I'm mm. just going to be who I want to be. But before that point I was very different. And Jen is like one of the only people in comedy that saw that former version of myself. And she mm. was like, yeah, it's crazy. Mm. Like you're like doing all these things now. And I was like, wow, I like totally, f I like forgot that I used to be like that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so oh. she was like, yeah, it was really, so and I was like, I'm so glad yeah. that I'm talking to you. Cause it's like, I forgot that I used to be like that. Like I had to do yeah. all this work in therapy to become who I am now, which is like who I always kind of wanted to be, you know? Yeah. Or I always was, but it sounds like Jen helped you discover the yellow toaster within yourself. <laughs> <laughs> she opened the door. You already have a yellow toaster. <laughs> you already have one. <laughs> no, but then, um, so that was really interesting. I was like, I like totally forgot that I would like, I would be the person that um, I would show up to a party, never say anything, mm. get scared. Yeah, I like can't imagine that person right? whatsoever. I'm like, yeah, I feel like ever since I first met you, it's been like, yeah. guess who I'm beefing with on Instagram? <laughs> guess who I'm fighting on the streets, Sarah? <laughs> Sarah, I just wanna say really quick, Sarah and I are both Sagittarius. We have the same birthday which is so funny. We have that many, is many similarities. In, Our yeah, yeah dads, that is. They're both pilots. They're white Asian moms. Like so many similarities. Wow. It's crazy. So your boyfriend and Youngmi's ex-husband has a type. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> same. Yeah, that's same so, birthday. So weird. <laughs> same birthday. See, that's why. That's why I believe in astrology, though, because like you know what I mean. Like it makes sense. I think. Well, I wanted to say that because I'm like a Cancer rising, and they. It's, that's why I feel like I was like moving away from my Cancer into my like Sagittarius life. But okay, mm. we, before I ask Sarah how she feels, I just want to say one thing, and I'm gonna. <laughs> I just want to say this story really quick. Okay. Um, so I, and if I'm going to be very vague, but if you want the full story, go to our Patreon. Cause I will talk about it on the Patreon. <laughs> okay. I, yesterday, okay. Yesterday I was walking on the street and somebody recognized me from the podcast and it was like the nicest wow. person. I think she was working at like a restaurant. She ran out. She was like, I love your podcast. And I was like in shock. I was like, Whoa, Aww. like <laughs> no way. <laughs> like I was more excited than her. But if you're listening to this, I'm sorry. I forgot your name, but please DM me. But then this is so funny. And like she said that. And then I, I was like on my way to meet up with someone that's mm. like sort of chaotic. <laughs> this, this chaotic relationship thing. And so then I was like, what is that? A What is that a euphemism? I'm so curious what that is a euphemism for young me. Cause there's, there's a lot. Just, I'm, I was yeah. going to meet someone that's um, chaotic. <laughs> no, it's like a chaotic relationship. There's lots of drama. And I wanted to, yeah. I wanted to plug the story cause I'm going to say it in full on the Patreon. <laughs> I'm trying right. to get Patreon subscribers. <laughs> I know. Anyway. And then I was like, and then I was like, man, a chaotic street legend is back. I'm a crazy bitch. Somebody recognized me from my podcast. So I wanted to tell that story cause I was going to be like that, like put me in such a good mood. So I'm in a good oh. mood. That's how I'm feeling. Amazing. Um, how about you, Sarah? How are you feeling? Yeah. Honestly, I feel really good. I don't know. Like, I feel like last, this whole week I was like really busy. is like running around. I'm like working on 10 different types of things for a, like a million different things. And it was just like, wow, it feels really good to just like have all these creative things happening and like nothing bad has happened in a while. And it's just like one of those <laughs> things where I was like, it was kind of like, Honestly, I was like really filled with a lot of anger for the last two years. And mm -hmm. I don't know, just like in the last week, like seriously, it just was like in my personal life, not like looking at the rest of the world, like nothing crazy has happened. And I just am mm. like, I feel it's so weird how just like nothing, even just like a little kind of bad thing happening, like put me in, it just made me like realize like, wow, I feel so good. It's crazy. Like how when nothing bad is happening, like how much your mood changes, you can accomplish mm. so much more. I was like, just, it's just like really a nice feeling to have. I was like, cause yeah, I was like with COVID, everything was like really intense with my boyfriend, yeah. obviously. And then the, your, <laughs> your ex, you know, <laughs> and the year before there was like a kind of a lot of weird stuff happened with my mom. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I was like, low key, I was like, 
well, you know, like some racist stuff was happening to like my, to my Asian loved ones. And then yeah. I would like talk about it. to mm-hmm. so, like my white friends or something. And I would just get this vibe that they like, didn't feel the same way. Like yeah. I'd be like, you know, this isn't like blatant racism. What's happening. Like somebody's not like calling them a name or anything like that. But like the way it's being handled is like definitely people are not understanding that they're like perpetuating stereotypes or that they're not like understanding the pain that like a lot of Asian Americans feel. And like I Mm -hmm. myself, like, you know, I'm a quarter Japanese. Like I am very, like, I don't like deal with like outsiders looking at me and like that perpetuated racism onto me in any way. But Mm -hmm. like having Asian loved ones, I like see it. I feel like I'm really, I really notice Mm -hmm. when something happens, like people react differently to things that my mom does versus me. And there's like so many things that go into that which is like, is she yeah. older? Does she, is it because she works in customer service? Whatever it may be. But I was like, yeah, I would mention it to people and I would just get this vibe that they're like, they didn't see it as like being racist or something mm. like that. And I was yeah, it's like, like gaslighting. Yeah, yeah I yeah. was just like, I, but with everything that's been happening in the last few months mm-hmm. also, especially the last month, and it's been like really heavy because I mean, I've been listening to y'all's podcasts and I feel like yeah. everybody's been in a really intense mood, but I also mm-hmm. kind of had the realization in the last week where it was like, finally like that weight was lifted off my shoulders where now I know like when I talk about it, it was like people can't like yeah there is no more gaslighting like they people can't pretend they that. can't pretend that like oh I don't know about like what you're saying anymore I'm like no this what's happening to like some of my loved ones is like very real it is like a, because of their race and many other factors but like there is no more pretend like it just feels nice that like the world is finally noticing that like Asian Americans have issues. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it right. really feels yeah. like, I feel like so for so long people just like didn't, if you weren't Asian, you just yeah. were like, oh, they're fine. Like it's a, you yeah. know, I'm glad you brought that up. Cause it's a weird feeling of relief. Yeah. When pe- I, even though that sounds crazy when bad things are happening and you feel relieved, it's like, oh, finally you're like believing us. Yeah. You know? Like right. I talked to my mom about it whenever like the shootings first happened, my mom called me and she was just like, this is, she was like, what is this? And I honestly hadn't even like really noticed or paid attention. Like I'd heard about it the night before, but hadn't like noticed, said anything about it. Mm -hmm. And then she was just like, why aren't they calling it like racist? Like this was definitely a hate crime, Mm -hmm. like on the news yet. And I was like, for my mom to like call and be like, this was, like definitely yeah. a race related thing. My like my mom doesn't yeah. do like she's from she lives in like nowhere, Texas. She's very quiet. She's like doesn't want to yeah. stir the pot kind of person. Mm-hmm. And so it just was like I was like, wow, my mom is like noticing and like starting to like be more vocal in like these issues. And I was also starting to feel more seen, which I think was mm. like, I feel like it's just nice because I can tell that my mom is like feeling some relief from people knowing and understanding, even though nothing is changing necessarily yeah. or happening right away. And there's like so much work to be done. Just I can tell that she feels seen in some way mm-hmm. and that's like mm. brought her some relief. And it's also a relief for me because yeah, I'm her kid. So yeah. But yeah, so all of that is just kind of led to like, oh, this is like, I feel like things are happening. I can do this. Things are changing. Like feeling yeah. gung-ho. <laughs> Yeah, That's that like awesome. reco- the recognition, the realization feeling. I think a lot of people struggle with that. Some people are relieved. Some people are then they have to admit it to themselves. You know, I think a yeah. lot of Asian people, especially like your mom and people who live in like in the Midwest or somewhere where there's not people don't talk about racism. Mm-hmm. Uh, for them, it's like kind of painful because then they have to be like, oh, yeah, I I experienced yeah. this. And, and then like, that was also part of it was that she called and she was like, you know, like if she ever sees anything and she's a question, she'll call me and she's like, you know, I kind of got mad because I watched this video about this in this Asian woman who was like, just going on. She was like ranting about all of like the hardships he, she had had. And she was like, and I felt kind of like mad at her for it. She was just yeah. like, why is she like mm, complaining? The but then yeah, other she had say, that. Yeah, yeah. She was just like, but then she was like, but why am I like upset? about and it was just like huge because mm-hmm. it was like yeah it was like one of those things that for so long we never talked about right. our hardships and she was like but she was like why was I so upset she's like you know I still kind of maybe have personal like feelings about that but she's like but overall she was like I shouldn't be like I, she was just like I was just like why am I so mad about yeah. that so. I mean I don't know about your mom but me personally I've struggled with that and that's for me a sign that it, like I tell myself that 
like if somebody is doing something, this is actually even tied into the whole comedy thing. Like before I did comedy Mm -hmm. and I I allowed myself to say, I want to do comedy. If I saw somebody else doing it, I'd get so upset. And Uh. then I realized it's because I wasn't allowing myself to do it. Yeah. And I resented the other person for allowing themselves to do it. And that happens a lot with people that cry like I've always noticed like online with somebody like cries or something, somebody's like, why is this snowflake getting all emotional about this? And I'm like, you, why do you care that someone else is crying over whatever? Like yeah. it's right. obviously you're jealous that this person's doing something that you're not allowing yourself to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Wait. So I just want to mention this really quick while you were talking about your feelings, you were talking about how you were a quarter Asian. Do you, Fine. Like, do people read you as you're, you're saying you don't really experience a lot of this. People usually don't read you as Asian. No, people never, people know that I'm biracial Mm. and they will be like, Oh, what are you? And a lot of the time people think I am whatever they are. If they're like asking me Mm -hmm, except mm -hmm. for Asian people, like, (laughs) especially except for Japanese people. Like I'll be on set. Cause there's like in um, like, yeah, in the modeling world, there's like so many like manicurists and makeup artists and hairstylists, like so many Japanese people in that. Yeah. And every time I'm on set, they're like, what? You don't look Asian. Show me your mom. Show me your grand. They're like, <laughs> they need to know. They're like, but I don't understand. And so it's like, but yeah. So people usually are like, oh yeah, you're not white or like fully white, but you don't read Asian or if, and then sometimes I'll be like, oh, I'm Japanese. And they'll be like, oh yeah, I could see. Then they, but they also don't necessarily question except for Japanese people. Then they're like, no, you're not. (laughs) But then I'll be like, oh, but I've like been there. And then I like go through this banter with them and it's fine. But it's it's just kind of like funny how people react. You acknowledge that you have like this look or this appearance that's like, biracial but people will kind of interpret it how they want to see it have you noticed differences like working in asian markets versus like american markets as a model and like your experiences navigating those two places um yeah so it's funny it's like so also just like saying that i'm a model is still such a weird thing for me to say (laughs) even though i've been doing it for like eight years at this point i like started such a long time ago but i didn't become like an agency girl until like two years ago. So it's Mm. like the way that like different types of, or different, you know, people or industries see me is like very interesting. Mm. So it's like for a long time, I consider myself a model for like eight years, but like if I, you ask my agent, they're going to say I've only been modeling for two years because like Mm. they only consider like, you know, the commercial work or since you've been with an agency, they don't like consider like art modeling, like which is what I consider myself. Like that's what I was doing before. I was just like, taking photos with friends in the street. I was an Instagram model. You know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. Like I literally got scouted from Instagram. I got Mm. this really weird sketchy email from an agency (laughs) in Tokyo. Oh wow. It was like this really weird email that was like a sentence long, not proper English. That was like modeling in Japan, question mark. (laughs) Like want to do it? But I was like my senior year of college. And I was like, this is weird. I'll reply when I'm done. Like, I don't know. But yeah, that was like the whole thing was like, I'm going to keep going with this was because yeah. So I like, I don't know even like know where to start with this even like I really kept modeling when I, the way I did, I took it serious. I decided to take it seriously when I realized like, Oh, I could travel with this before. Mm. It was just like a way to make friends. And then I was like, Oh wait, if I like can actually do this, I could maybe like live someplace else. And it had always been like a dream for me to live in Japan and like get to know, my roots there because yeah, like, you know, you guys kind of also talked about this last time, like when you have like an Asian relative, like your tie to your country or your culture die, you kind of like have that identity crisis. And so I went through that when my grandma died when I was like 13 Mm. and I like completely lost all contact with my family in Japan who, and I like had just been to Japan the year before she had died to Mm -hmm. like visit them. And Mm. so then I was like, it had always, I like went through this really crazy phase where I was like, I'm not really Asian anymore. Mm. And I like oh. kind of hid from people. That's so interesting. Like I just was like, I was Asian, but I was like scared of people seeing me as like a weeaboo or something. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to like go out there and like project this. I was yeah. like, I am, but I'm not <laughs> right. going to like really, like I used to call 
soy sauce show you because that's yeah, like yeah, what it's yeah. called and I went to calling it soy sauce I like Americanized mm. my language like mm. I don't know I was just like figuring myself out I was like I don't know what I am so when you got that email that was like modeling in Japan <laughs> question mark you're like yes I'm coming now I was like yes so this is like Japan? where it's really funny it was yeah. like I so I finished my semester of college because I was like finishing call I went to architecture school I was like I gotta yeah. finish the semester of college yeah. and then I'll figure this out so I finished it and then I like was like, okay, I can do this, but I'm still a little sketched out by that email. So I was like, I'm gonna go to New York for a month and okay. just go model there. So I went to New York. I like kind of modeled a little bit here. I got like an agency, but it wasn't like a real agency. It was just like a casting type thing. And then uh -huh. I like okay. replied to this email. And so this is how this went. <laughs> they were like, can you send us a casting video and some photos? And yeah. so in my mind, I was like, oh, this is like an introduction email. Like, yeah. oh, I just like take, so I made this video. I was like, hi, my name is Sarah Skinner. I live in Houston, Texas. I yeah. am 20 years old. I have hazel eyes. My interests are like jumping <laughs> rope and like just like this weird laundry list of things that I was saying. I thought it was like an introduction thing. Not realizing that what they meant was like, no, like a, like a model casting is more like where you like put on a swimsuit and then you like do a model walk to and from a camera. That's what they wanted from me. And that is not what I sent them. So I like replied, I just like cold replied to this email with this weird introduction video. And for some reason they were like, um, yeah, can you also send us a video of you? And then they like went into detail about what they actually want, but it was just like a cold reply to an email. Like that was like eight months old. It was not a recent email, but That's then so they were oh like- Oh my God. So I replied to that the next day and they're like, great, can you come in a week? And I was Whoa. like, what? They were like, yeah, we could get you, we'll work, we'll start working on your visa right now. Um, and again, this is like all weird, like not proper English necessarily. So yeah. I'm like, this could yeah. be a scam, this kid, but I've also like, <laughs> Yeah, I was like, like, I'm just gonna go I, I for it. I already emailed the Nigerian prince. Like, what's the worst <laughs> yeah. that could happen at this point? Exactly. <laughs> I was like, yeah, sure. And like, literally they just like got my visa. I like went, had a visa made. And then a week and a half later, I was like on an airplane to Tokyo. That's crazy. That's yeah, wild. they were like- yeah, they were like, this is a guarantee. Like you, like when you come, when you go work in Asia, they usually were like, you're guaranteed this much money if you mm -hmm. work so many jobs in the mm -hmm. first week of you being here. Mm -hmm. Whoa. And so I was like, I don't know what any of that means. I've never made real money in my entire life. Yeah, yeah. Down. I was like a number, cool. I've never made money before. Money, thank you. Yeah, I was like, yeah, because I was fresh out of college. I had no idea. I was like, okay. So that was, so you were in New York for a month, but like, so was it, you would you consider like modeling in Tokyo your real your first like real yeah that was my first real world. step into because right. the other stuff I had no idea what I was doing it was just like a couple of people were like oh come to this thing it yeah. was like I never did I didn't I just like don't consider it like to be anything it was just for fun yeah. still it was nothing different than what I had been doing by myself and like what were the jobs like in Tokyo um, that you were getting so the ones it's really funny this is like where my where me being Japanese like played such a huge role in it. But it was like so funny because, oh, I should finish the story. So I like get to Japan. They're just like texting me. They're like, take this bus to Shinjuku station. <laughs> oh you five God. minutes to get on the bus. And I was like, uh, so much trust in like <laughs> potentially like, a scam. <laughs> I was like, thankfully I was like, I know enough Japanese and I've been here before that like if something goes wrong, I'm just gonna like haul butt yeah. to someplace, I'll just run away. I'll just run as fast as I can, it'll be okay. And right. so I like- Your plan was if it's a scam, I'll just run away. So I like get on the bus, I like arrive to this parking lot. It's like dark out. And yeah. then this oh, like shit. Japanese guy, his name is Masa. He ends up being like the nicest person ever, but he's like, comes up, got like a fake Rolex on, like has like these like funny, like braided hair things <laughs> like coming out, like these long, just like tons of little braids coming out of his hair. He's like, Sumimasen, uh, Like yeah. just like says like, excuse me, you say like very quietly and smoothly. And I was like, yes. He's like, oh, okay, come with me. And I was like, uh, and there's just a van. And he just like puts my bags oh, in the van oh and I get in the van. This <laughs> like, is, and he immediately gets on the phone and he like, the style that he is, is just like very like, I I just like, you just don't expect it for like a modeling agency type person. Yeah. He's just like very cool kid, like on this flip phone. And he's just like, they're just like driving like crazy, speaking Japanese, calling all these people. And I'm like, I don't even know where we're going, what we're doing. He's like, okay, uh, we're going to the agency and then we'll figure it out. And I was like, okay, at least you're taking me. 
hopefully you take me to, I don't like, I just don't know anything. I don't know where I'm going. Yeah. I don't know where I'm staying. That's like crazy. I had no, I literally have no idea what's going on. That's so chaotic. I, they like, take me to the insane. agency and then like, they're like, okay, cool. And they like quickly, like, they're like, okay, here's everybody. And they introduced <laughs> me to everybody at the agent. I was like, okay, cool. This isn't a scam. This is a real model. Yeah. Agency. yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, yeah, my agents are also kind of in, it's like my agency over there, I really like, they're really interesting. It's run by this, it's owned by this lesbian woman mm-hmm. who is, art, which is already very rare in Japan because people yeah. don't, you know, talk about their sexuality. Not and out. she's very yeah. proudly out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like our van license plate is 666. Nice. And yeah. like, they're just like really interesting, funny people. And they're like, okay, um, we're going to shoot here for five minutes and we got to go to a casting. Mm. And I was like, whoa, oh, we're going to a casting already. Okay. And I've never been to like a true casting before. Yeah. And there's like 10 other girls there. They're all like Russian mm-hmm. and like they rate, like their age ranges are like 13 to like 26, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I was yeah. like that on was- the older range of being there. And so I get in the van and they're like, by the way, Sarah, you're, um, I was, 24, 25, I think I was 24 when I got there. Mm-hmm. And they're like, by the way, yeah. you're 20 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. You're like, they're like, what are your interests? They're like, okay, uh, yeah, you do yoga. And they just like, kind of like gave me like a skit and they're like, just look cute. And immediately with just like <gasps> all of these girls piled into the van, it's called the model of van, they all get in the van. And then we like went to this like casting that was like in a basement mm-hmm. of like some building Jeez. in Harajuku. And they are like, okay, line up. And everybody lines up. And then the your agent just like talks about all the girls in Japanese. To the, and there's like a table with like the client sitting on one end. And they just like talk about all the models in Japanese. Yeah. And they're like, and they go down the line and they're like, oh, this is Nastia. She is 17. She's from Russia. These are her sizes, blah, blah, blah. Right. Like that kind of stuff. And they you kind know, of she's give in you. She's in her 40s. She's yeah. like, I'm 17. <laughs> or like some of them, they're only like <laughs> literally 13 or 12 Yikes. years old. Yeah. And they're like, oh, they're oh, 18. God. So. Wow. There's also like both sides of like, That's but it's just sus, like, yeah. it's so funny though, because sus. you're expected to lie about <laughs> yeah. your age. Even if you're like 18, you say you're 17. I don't know what the deal is. You just it's, don't ever just messing say. With you. He's like, you're, you're 40. I don't it's know. just like the weirdest thing. But then That's this so is like funny. where they're like, immediately they're like, which means like your her grandmother's Japanese. Mm-hmm. And they're, everybody goes, oh, sugoi. And then they like, ask me all these questions. They're like, do you know any Japanese? And I like, you know, it's like one of these things where it almost became like, and that was immediate. That was like my first true casting. And then they like had some people try some stuff on and that was it for the night. But then I was like, oh, so this is almost like a game kind Mm. of where it's like everybody has like their personality and you like kind of got to sell yourself like, but I like in America, that's not how castings work. You like go by yourself. You have a book of your photos and you just like, are like, okay, say thank you. Like your agents don't ever go with you. But in Japan, it's really different. Like you sit with all the other models. They like mm. talk about you. Like you have like a chauffeur, not a chauffeur. They're more than that. But you have like an agent with you the whole time and they talk about yeah. you. They like help you through everything. Yeah. But then it was like, and then what's every, the point of having all the models there together? So the client chooses the person. No, because there's or? like, a, there's a few different agencies. And that way it's just because like models can't do it, but it's like hard to navigate by yourself. Mm-hmm. If you don't know Japan, mm-hmm. it's like impossible to get around. Like the streets are so crazy. So it's like models would never be able to find their casting locations right. if you didn't have the help. And yeah. so, but then it's like became a thing where I was like, oh, like my like me being a quarter Japanese is like such a huge selling point because oh, they're yeah. like, I was gonna ask. yeah. And so, cause I realized like Japanese people, they kind of also just like to see what they look mixed, look mm. like mixed with other races. And mm-hmm. so in mm. some ways it was like, do you know why that is? Like, why are, why is there that curiosity to see like what they would look like mixed with another race? I don't necessarily know. It was like my mom kind of brought this up when she would go to Japan as a kid. Everybody thought my mom was a model and that her mother was her handler. Like, mm. that, like, my, that, like her mom wasn't even her mom. I think there's just like this. I think like in some way, I don't know if they're necessarily like, oh, we want to see Japanese mixed with other people, but I think Japanese people are comfortable with other Japanese people. And so mm. I actually yeah. had this conversation with there's this other Japanese model, um, named like Issa Lish. And she's like one of my favorite models. She's half Japanese, half Mexican, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. we were we were on set the other day and I've never talked to another biracial model. This is just like what I assumed was that like, oh, biracial models get treated really well. And she's like, hey, did you get treated really well when you were in Japan? Mm-hmm. And I was like, yes. Whoa. And she was like, yes, me too. And we like had this realization. I was yeah. like, I'd always kind of suspected that because 
I was part Asian. That's why I was getting treated so well. And she's like, yeah, she's like, they treat you so well, right? Like they always bring you like, really nice Japanese lunches. Like, <gasps> like we get better food. Meanwhile, the other models mm. are getting like They do, they get like the grossest like, sandwiches. Like one time somebody was like, oh, we heard that you like kare or curry. Yeah. And so we hired our friend or so not even hired, like our friend is coming and gonna make us Hokkaido style curry. And like literally while we were shooting this like weird French themed shoot, there was like this guy in the back corner of the studio cooking Hokkaido style curry. <laughs> And then for <laughs> meanwhile, the other models just like, go away. You can't get out of here. Just like, they, it was just like so crazy. Cause like this person came in and made this kind of stuff. They like stopped the whole shoot when the food yeah. was ready. Like, I swear they hired me just to like have me eat their food. Mm. It was just like the weirdest thing. And like, but this other girl and I were talking about it. It was like, yeah, the same thing happened to me where like they will go Whoa. and get us the best lunch boxes. Yeah. Like they're just like always like really caring. Like, are you doing well? Do you need anything? How are you? That's, Show us pictures of your family. Like they just are like so curious. Wild. So it sounds yeah. like, yeah, it sounds like you were, that you had it made like it was a great experience and you were yeah. getting treated like so it, well in Japan. It was like what, and it was just like interesting. What brought you like, back to the States then? It was like, I honestly, it's like weird how life works out. Cause I was gonna, I was actually about to move to Japan for a year because mm. I was like, I really want to learn Japanese. Like that I'd, I've been trying they and not very- They treat me well. Yeah, they treat me really well. I have like- Love me. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a celebrity. Speaking of like, yeah, the celebrity run-in thing. For my first time ever, I had somebody like in the street, like my first week of being in Japan, some random guy on the subway was like, I've seen you on the internet. Whoa. And like, whoa. Yeah. it was like some random person in Japan. I was like, whoa, it was like my first like moment like that. I was like, whoa, somebody just like recognized me. That's yeah. crazy. And then- um. So I was like, yeah, about to move there. And then I just like, and my agency was about to do a year long like contract for me and get me like the proper visas and all of that. But then I like was like, I have like an architecture degree and I was like, oh, I need to use my degree yeah. before. Mm. Cause before it like goes, you know, not goes bad. I don't know like what I thought was gonna happen <laughs> it to expired. it. <laughs> yeah, before it expired, I was like, I need to like work on this. And so yeah. I like had, I applied to this random, I had like come back to the States for a couple months and was going to go back to Japan again. And then I got a job. Mm. I like mm. jokingly applied to this job. I lied and said I'd lived in New York. I was like, oh, so just be good practice. I'll go to this interview. My first interview ever. Mm -hmm. It was like, I was like, I don't know anything, I, but it seems like a, I like saw it on like a job board, or like, or like not I even like a job board, it was like rope. a blog. <laughs> yeah, I, I like, like to, to jump my rope. My name is Sarah and I like to jump rope. You're like, why did you send us this video? <laughs> but I got it. They like my their favorite food is my curry. Skills. Yeah. Oh my God. So that's so funny. But that's literally what it was like on modeling things. They're like she jumps rope, she does yoga. She does it's like Barbie exercise. That is so, so funny. funny. But anyway, so I got a job and it was only supposed to be like a three month contract, but then three months turned into six months and then six months turned into a year. And the next thing I knew I'd been there for two years and I was like, whoa, just unexpected mm. curveball. And, and then you started like modeling in New York on the yeah, side as and well. And then I like switched and got like a, you know, a real agency. I signed with an actual agency here. And so now it's like, I work this office job Monday to Friday. Mm -hmm. um, not as much now in the last year. I kind of quit like a year and a half ago because I had some stuff going on and to now yeah. more actual freelance plus right. modeling stuff. So, so, so what, so you were talking about how you like, obviously Japanese people sometimes couldn't figure out that you're biracial or mixed with Japanese, mm -hmm. but like, what about in the States? Like, how do they read you racially? Oh, here like I'm just like racially ambiguous. Mm -hmm. And I feel mm -hmm. like that was the other reason that I was able to, cause you know, there's kind of like fads of every, like the, you know, um, I feel like modeling and fashion and all of that is like kind of like we it's a weird thing to talk about because yeah. it all is about trends and mm -hmm. styles and like yeah. what's in at the moment. Yeah. And like I feel like that even goes as far as like what a model looks like. Like that's can be trendy. I mean, that is what's trendy. And so I feel like when yeah. I first came to New York, which was like mm, three, four years ago now, mm -hmm. like the biracial model was the in mm. thing. Yeah. And like mm. I fit that box. I was kind of, I don't want to be like, oh, I was like the first like weird, but cause that's not it at all. But at the time <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I just somehow fell into that 
perfectly. Right. And so it went from being like, it just like happened overnight where I was like, oh, helmet lane campaign, going mm-hmm. to Paris to shoot the cover of dust, like all these like art magazines and campaign things. And I was like, oh, cool. Like I didn't even, even, and now I like, I don't work that much, which is mm-hmm. like, what's really crazy at the time. I was like super busy because I was new and because right. I like was what was in. And mm-hmm, it's like mm-hmm. so weird. Cause you think it's not like I thought that I was going to have this opportunity to model forever. Mm-hmm. But yeah. like, I didn't realize like how fleeting it was, like how, yeah. And so now yeah. it's like, now they're like, give me that lunch. That's not for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> now I'm not getting the fancy lunches. I'm getting the old egg sandwiches. Yeah. No, that's, uh, I wanted to touch on that because my sister, um, she's nine years older than me, but, uh, she was also a model briefly. I think when she was like mm-hmm. 17 or 18 and she lived in LA and was cool. part of an agency. And she told me at the time she was the only Asian model on the entire mm-hmm. roster. And you know, Asians, like no one was really booking Asians back then. And yeah. it was just really hard. And she talks about how it's just crazy to see how the industry has just shifted because as we all know, like China, a lot of these high fashion brands are casting Asian models because Mm. Asian people are spending the money and keeping these design houses afloat. Like they, these international students single-handedly are like paying for Louis Vuitton or like Balenciaga or whatever the fuck. So you're going to cast more Asian people. Like in China, it's like people make money. Like when I, I went over there for study abroad a long time ago, I was like, damn, like these are the nicest shopping malls I've ever seen in my entire life. People look so good. Like, yeah, so (laughs) much money. And and white people are so racist and weird about it. Like when I got back from China once, I told this like woman, this like white woman, like, oh my God, everyone, every girl is like wearing like the new like so, like Chanel purse, like yeah. from this season. She's like, yeah, but they're yeah. all fake. And I was like, you are so fucking racist, man. Yeah. And I was like, well, what about the fact that she came out of a fucking Porsche? Is that a fake fucking Porsche? Like what? And then she also like went into her like $9 million, like one bedroom apartment. I was like, oh, it's a fake $9 million apartment. You fucking idiot. Like this is like, I, I'm going to buy a Porsche, but let me buy this fake fucking Chanel for like, they're so racist. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> Like, no, but they're all fake. Like, don't fall for that. And I was like, damn, that's like fucking straight up racism, lady. Yeah, because it's like, I don't know. It's it's just like, it's not. I know it was just like so crazy when I was over there. I was like, I, yeah. I mean, also it's like everything that's going on. I was like, China was like an amazing. Yeah. I've never worked in China modeling wise. And same with Korea. Like ch- actually China, Japan, Korea, their modeling markets are all very different from each other. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, oh. yeah, I'm sure. I like, they don't yeah, work the same totally whatsoever. I've like considered going to Korea before at an agency reached out a long time ago, but it's like, they're, they're all kind of like, value different things. So I've gone to Korea for jobs, mm-hmm. but like, yeah, each of like the, I was honestly, I was like kind of scared. <laughs> Somebody scared me away from going to like and signing with a agency in Korea. Cause they're like, Oh, they have a crit, like their model rules are really strict. You can't leave like after they have curfews, like all of these things. <laughs> and Korea I was like, rough, man, I mean, it's like, Great in it's a like lot those of ways, K- but like those K-pop it's training, hard. yeah, yeah. Training but I was like, I don't know if this is true either, because also something oh, else maybe. I realized was like, you know, maybe part of it is, but a lot of it's also like really interesting how models like take being in just foreign countries. So mm-hmm. like some models would show up in Japan, and I was like wow, you guys are really racist. Like the mm. things you're saying about the culture and the food and like, mm. you should probably leave. Like, yeah. why are you here? Like you're not mm. enjoying. Well, don't they have like, we were going to talk about this with another guest before that is part, part Japanese. They have that, they have a saying, like they call it like white person abroad syndrome or something where, because like, especially like Japan and East Japan, it's like everyone's so polite mm-hmm. that they're not used to the level of like politeness. So what happens is like, they like end up like steamrolling everyone and just like, get out of my way. Like, you know, like there's yeah. like, like Japanese people have mm. like a term for that, I think. Oh yeah. I've actually never heard of that, but it makes, yeah, it makes sense. Cause like some of the models would show up and I would just be like, I think you just hate Asian people yeah. and like <laughs> food and like. Right. So for the sake of time, I want to, um, the relationship that you two have with one another, it's like really heartwarming. And are people like surprised that you guys get along so well? Yeah. Given I mean, the history. I pref- <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to, I really want to talk about this a lot actually, yeah. but before, I guess before I talk about it, like do you, 
do people say weird things to you? Like when you tell them about me, like what do they, what do they, how do they react? A lot. Sometimes people, uh, people my age or my age. <laughs> wow. I'm really getting fucking red. <laughs> Putting me on front street. No, I am. <laughs> people from my generation, you, know. you wouldn't know grandma. <laughs> okay. What are, what are people? No, not saying, my Sarah? age, but I just mean like, I feel like New Yorkers, like, yeah. you know, like downtown kids, they're not like weirded out at all. But when I talk to like my mom or people from back home, oh, like it, I'm there a lot of the time it's like, wow, I'm really impressed by your relationship. Like they're more, mm. they're just like, wow. Like I get a lot of wows. They're never like <laughs> rude or anything, but they're just like, wow. Like mm. I'm, I'm impressed that you guys get along so well. How is yeah. that? Like, they are like, are you pretending? You know, I get this vibe that they're like, they don't believe you. Yeah, they don't believe yeah. me. Or yep. they're like, or genuine. Sometimes they genuinely are like impressed, but other times they're just like, oh. Yeah. But even like my mom, one time I told her, I was like, oh, yeah, Danny's doing this thing with Young Me. Maybe it was like your last pot or something else where she, she, I was just like, yeah, Danny's doing this with me. And she's like, oh, do you ever worry about Young Me? And I was like, what are you talking about, mom? I was like, no, I don't worry. She's like, it's like, <laughs> yeah. you think they're going to get back together or something? Like, what? What are you worried about? Which I also understand. Like my mom divorced when I was Mino's age now. Mm -hmm. And so, and yeah, I was like grew up with like believing that or not. I don't know if I grew up believing this because of what my parents were saying or if I really did just have an evil stepmom. But <laughs> my parents were very much like my, or like my grandmother would always make nasty remarks kind of about um, like my dad's new wife or like there was like a lot of animosity between like everybody's new partners mm -hmm. and especially the women though. It was like specifically like the people my dad were dating. Right. There was like my grandma, or like one time my grandma was like, why is your dad bringing his new wife? She's not welcome at my house. And I was just like, why? I mean, that's a big societal no. like trope that, um, I know that we've discussed this obviously a lot before, yeah. you know, when I tell people, you know, about you, especially like women that are my age, <laughs> people that are my age, like they're like people that are like people that I know that are married still, like maybe from Mino school mm -hmm. or like that sort of group. They, they yeah. always like have this like, Oh, how, well, how is, how is Danny's girlfriend? Like, what's she like? And I'm like, she's like amazing. And I like, I like her a lot and I hang out with her and they're like, Oh really? And there's sort of like this, like, Oh, are you trying to be like the cool, cool mom? And I'm like, no, like I'm just, being honest, like I really like her yeah. And, and how people ask me the question, they're like, they ask me in this way that they're bracing for me to be like, she's a bitch and I hate yeah, her. They're, right <laughs> for the gossip. they're like, lay it on me. <laughs> and, um, but the thing is like, we've talked about this, but this for me is so like, so blatantly just like misogyny, like women exist in relation to a man. Yeah. That's it. Mm. And we have to like, compete with each other and we're not full complete human beings so you must be jealous you must hate each other you must yeah. be angry and I'm like no Sarah's a human being I'm a human being and like it has nothing to do with Danny and it has do you know what I mean yeah. like I like her as a person and like yes I used to be married to him but that relationship ended it wasn't like Somebody yeah, like when I refer to you, I'm like, yeah. I feel like when you can always tell and like people have these thoughts because they're like, oh, your ex or your new girlfriend. I'm like, well, young right. me. It's like the way people use like their names and things yeah, like that. Like yeah, I always yeah. get that. I'm like, why do you have to like refer to them as like that person's ex? Like they right. have a name. Like, yeah, yeah. That's how I always get a read on that is like, why are you referring? Like they're a real person. They're not just like this yeah. entity of like, right. Yeah. It's not like the fairy tale kind of thing. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Else, Brian? Well, no, I just think like both given your like personal experiences and you both are just very like open-minded people. Um, I don't know if I would be that warm to an ex's new boyfriend just out of instinct. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not going to, like, I don't want to be friends with you. Like, what the fuck? I don't want to be around my exes, period. I mean, I, obviously, I like Danny and I, like, care about him. He's Mino's right. dad. And I, I feel yeah, like but that's, like, your connection. I don't think there's, like, anything wrong with not. Yeah. And we are friendly. <laughs> and, like, but for other exes, I'm like, I never want to see them again. But, like, yeah. we had this, like, incident where I posted something online and somebody was, like, Mino said something, like, when he was very young, he was like, Mommy, why are you fat and Sarah is skinny? And I was like, oh, that's, like, really oh. funny. Yeah. 
Kids say the darndest things and it fucking hurts. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I tweeted that because I was like, oh, that's funny. And somebody like commented like, oh, but she's stupid. So who cares? And I was like, don't fucking say that about Sarah. I was joking about something funny that a kid said. I'm not taking Yeah, the joke is like funny things kids say, but they took it as like a- I don't think I'm fat. Oh, because you you said something like, oh, like my- um, ex's girlfriend is a model or yeah. as kids would put it and then or you like as said, my son said yeah exactly it. Yeah. and so i was like no this is like a kid this is like yeah this is like a funny thing kids say joke but you took Not it as a misogyny like a joke yeah yeah like why are you seeing what are you looking why are you seeing it that way and then mm. this crazy thing is that like after i got divorced from danny and it was just like you know like we just like moved apart from each other mm-hmm. and like the relationship sure. was like over it wasn't anything bad or whatever Mm -hmm. my friend told me he said that the rumor on the street was that danny became too famous and he started having sex with young models and stuff that were cool (laughs) and that's why and i was like okay first of all i initiated the divorce like i was just like you know we're both i think we're just like we outgrew each other whatever it was i was like that's the word on the street that is it's like so ingrained in our culture it's like you know like yeah it's like sexism is such a big part of our culture like it's like every Judd Apatow movie is like, my wife is fucking old. I got to fuck some 20 year old. Like it's yeah. like that sort of like weird, crazy thing that people think is always happening. And I was like, that is so like misogynistic. Like I, and then I read the statistic that 85% of divorces are initiated by women actually. Mm. Isn't that crazy? Wow. And people are that. still, yeah, people still believe this like old fake trope that men want to fuck 15 year olds or something. You know what I mean? And it's like really like sexist. I will will say though, I think it's more commentary on just who we look up to as a society because like when we, when I see celebrities like Leonardo DiCaprio or whoever the fuck, they engage in that kind of they behavior be, where they exclusively yeah, they just be fuck. Like if you're 23, you're like too old at that point. And it's, then like that it's not like a blanket. Like it's not a blanket for all men. Oh, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. I just think yeah, that yeah. there's a, there's like a disproportionate amount of like attention given to someone like Leonardo DiCaprio where then yeah. it like burrows into our brain. Oh, that's how the, all men are like. They're all yeah. going to, they're eventually going to yep, leave yep. you for like a 21 year old, just like that's Leonardo DiCaprio. Like, <laughs> that's the sign of success for straight men in this culture, which is really sort of like sad. It's just like, why don't you just date someone that likes you? Like, yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah, that's like something I really want to talk about. And that's so, so weird. But I also want to say like, you know, if you told me you're like, I had, I had to do a lot of work to like deprogram myself of like misogyny and sexism. You know yeah, what I mean? So I, mean, I don't same. Yeah. So I don't blame people for assuming that narrative about us. Like, mm. you know, I don't want to sound like I'm pointing fingers at people being like, Oh, you're sexist. But I have to say, like, if I was younger and I told myself, hey, when you're 36, your ex-husband is going to have a young model girlfriend. And I would have probably been like, I'm going to kill myself. (laughs) 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 But then now, (laughs) I feel like now, like, do it having done all the work, like the... like narrative too, you know, like I'm going to be a loser, (laughs) but like I, after doing all that work, I think, yeah, I'm like really proud of like myself and looking at myself and being like, Oh no, like this is, I'm really proud of who I am as a person. Like I don't value Mm. myself for being hot and young. Like, you know, like obviously I, I'm not gross, but like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, like I'm like proud of myself for our relationship too, is what I'm trying to say. Sarah, before we let you go, uh, this is a question that we like to ask all of our guests. And that is, what is something that you're proud of? Oh man, I forgot to think about this question. (laughs) I was like, oh, I I should plan something. I was like, I'll think about this later. Um, I'm, what am I proud of myself? I'm, I don't know. I'm just like really proud of myself for the life that I have, that I worked for, for myself, because like I really had to work 
for everything that I have. I was like, nothing necessarily fell into place for me. I really planned everything. Even though I was like, oh, I'm just going to go with the flow. I'm going to go get in this van. Like, you know, I took a lot of chances, but at the same time they were calculated. And like from going to college to then trying them out, like I made sure that I will always have like a plan A, B and C no matter what. Mm. And like, I feel like I'm able to like live the life that I do in New York, even though I'm like kind of always, at least right now I'm kind of like in between figuring out what I want. Mm -hmm. I can at least do this comfortably because like I have another freelance, like a regular job that I can like Mm. go and work at. And then I have like a really, the relationship also that I have with people is like, I had like quit my job a year and a half ago because I had family stuff going on and I needed to go Mm. take care of my family. And Mm -hmm. I was able to do that. And I was like really proud of myself for like setting myself up to be able to do that. So I guess I'm really proud of myself for just working hard at the life that I want and Mm. like obtaining it. Cause I really, when I was younger, if you told me that, like, if you just fight through it, like you're, you'll have what you want. Like I just, sometimes I think it's, people think that, oh, if I try, I'm not going to, what if I fail? But like, I don't think that is what's, well, I think if you do try, you'll always get something out of it. So don't be scared Mm. to like fight for it because you'll find it. Yeah. That's (laughs) something. Yeah. That's a really good message. Like there failure isn't like you're going to die. It's like something will happen. Maybe it's not what you wanted. Yeah. It's not like I planned this exactly, but like I was like, I have an idea of things that I want to Mm -hmm. have. Right. I'll right work in that direction. No, that's awesome. And I think it's, it's really admirable to give yourself the credit that you're worth because you know, life's hard. And oftentimes we always attribute, like to attribute things to like, I was just lucky, you know, it could have been any other person, but it sounds like you did make a lot of calculated risks, but it was, you know, you had a plan behind all of it. So I think it's great. Okay, so where where can our <laughs> where can our listeners find you on social media? I just have Instagram and it's Sarah underscore Hiromi. And what yeah. about you, Young May? Um, Y M Mayor, and then my TikTok is being restored in in, in <laughs> ten minutes. I can't freaking wait. <laughs> Please, if if you if you follow me on TikTok and you see like these white supremacists like leaving weird messages, please report them for me before they get my account banned again. Thank you. <laughs> How about you, Brian? <laughs> uh, you guys can find me on socials at it's Brian Park, and you guys can follow us on uh, Instagram and TikTok for our Feeling Asian podcast um, accounts, which is at Feeling Asian Podcast. And if you're looking for an audio engineer. Uh, hit up Sarah Pack on Instagram at I am underscore P-A-K-T. That's at impact for all of your audio related needs. That's it. All right. Awesome. Bye guys. Bye.